Welcome to the Experience Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Kyle Brownlee. It's our prayer that this message is not only an encouragement, but a blessing to your life. want to first start off by just welcoming everybody, uh, whether you're joining us in person or you're watching online. Man, so honored to gather together and celebrate the name that's above every single name. And also want to look in the camera and say a big hello to all those joining us in our correctional ministry out of the Correction Center of Northwest Ohio in the hundreds of prisons throughout our country and even in the country of Belize and the Belize Central Prison. We love you guys. We want you to know you're not a project to us. We consider you part of our church family. Come on, D-Town. Let me welcome our church family today. So good. Well, we, we have something to celebrate today, 10 years as a church, 10 years of God's blessing, 10 years of God's faithfulness, 10 years of God's power, 10 years of God's provision, and, and just incredible what God has done. But I think it's important for, for us to, to, to understand that we're not here to congratulate ourselves we're not here to, to pat ourselves on our backs. We're here to give Jesus all the praise that he deserves. I think it's important for us to know that this church uh, is not built on me. It's not built on a team. That this church is built on the name of Jesus. Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen. But what we get to be a part of, what God has invited us into is truly incredible. In fact, I would say miraculous. What God has done in these past 10 years. 10 years ago, on September 12th, 2012, a group of around 60 people uh, on a Sunday morning gathered together in the Defiance YMCA wondering if anybody was even gonna show up. I can remember standing in the doorway of the youth center, staring out at the parking lot and seeing the cars pull onto the parking lot and looking at the people around me going, they're really coming. People are actually showing up to this thing. And 272 people walked into a four-court basketball gymnasium and 11 people made a decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their lives on day one of this church. And I think we could all agree something started that Sunday. Something special started that Sunday. Something powerful started that Sunday. And I think we can all agree that we're all a part of something that is bigger than us. And I just want to take a few moments today and just share a couple of the things that, that God has done these past 10 years, and we celebrate numbers around here because every number has a name, every name has a story, and how many know every story matters to God? Not, not only do we, do, we, do we celebrate numbers, but, but we, not only is celebrating fun, but uh, throughout the Bible, God commands us to stop, to pause, to go back, to, to remember, to celebrate, and to tell of the goodness of our God, to testify of his wonderful works. 
to tell our kids about a God who saves, to, tell, to pass it on from generation to generation to generation so that we wouldn't forget about the goodness and the faithfulness of our God. In fact, the Apostle Paul says it this way in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. He says, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Paul, Paul reminds us, hey, take all that energy that you're putting into worrying about things that you can't control. Take all of that energy and put it into prayer. Put it into running before the creator of the universe and trusting him with what he can control and that you cannot. He said, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then do what? And then thank him. Thank him for all that he has done. And so I just want to take a, a moment to, to celebrate and thank God for all that he has done these past 10 years. And one of the things I think we need to thank God for is in 10 years, we have seen 7,562 salvations. 7,562 people who made Jesus the Lord and Savior of their lives. That equates to two people every day for the past 10 years and counting. Two people every day. I mean, the Bible says that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Two people every single day for the past 10 years and counting. That, that means when you went to work on Monday, two people got saved. And when you went to small group on Tuesday, two people got saved. And when you walked into that business meeting on Wednesday, two people got saved. And when you were doing the dishes on Thursday, two people got saved. And when you were hanging out with your friends and your family on Friday, two people got saved. And when you were on the golf course on Saturday, two people got saved. And when you came to church on Sunday, two people got saved. 7,562, two people every day for the past 10 years and counting. Somebody say only God. Only God can do something like that in a small town called Defiance, Ohio. Only God. 7,562 lives that will never be the same. I think, I think another number I just want to share with you guys today that in 10 years we've been able to invest 1,228,354 dollars and 18 cents. You can't forget the 18 cents. Come on, somebody. Beyond our walls in local and national and global missions, beyond back into our community, across this nation, all over the world. And we really focus in on those three categories, locally, nationally, and globally. We base that off of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where God tells us that we will be his witnesses in Jerusalem, right, right in our own backyard, northwest Ohio. Judea and Samaria would be our nation and, and across the earth. And, and let me just highlight a couple of things locally that we invest back into these past 10 years and counting and continuing. We've invested locally through our annual serve day where we gather together and we just serve and love the people in our community. 
through different outreaches that we do throughout the year, but but I also like to point out that we've, we've also invested in local ministries like LifeWise Academy and, and, and Adriel uh, Foster Care, Children's Lantern, the CPC, Christ Pregnancy Center, Raven's Care, Sufficient Grace Ministries, and, and many other uh, ministries in our community. We've even sown into other churches in our community. How many of us are big? It's not just about us. How can we be a blessing to the other churches in our community and so into them? Uh, six years ago, we, we launched our correctional ministry uh, in, a, in, in CCNO, the Correction Center of Northwest Ohio, where we show our, our, our church services. We pray for the men and women incarcerated there. In the past six years, we've seen 681 salvations just in CCNO. CCNO alone. In fact, I just got a letter from a, a, a lady that uh, used to be incarcerated at CCNO and come to our services, and she rededicated her life and, and met Jesus there, and she wrote us a letter because she's now, they moved her to Mississippi, where she's no longer obviously able to attend our services, but she wrote us and says, I thank you so much for your investment into my life. I cannot wait until the day I'm released and come be with my experienced church family. Come on, somebody. Incredible. And then she went on to tell us that when God changed her life in CCNO, she told her mom about it, and her mom watches every single week online. Come on, only God. Never know what God is, is doing. Then five years ago, we launched the Defiance Dream Center, and, and, and we do different outreach projects and serve our community. And uh, man, just incredible. We, our auto care center over there has helped so many single moms, widows, and military wives. And, and our workforce program is just, God is, is setting uh, the table for us to continue to make a bigger impact for his name's sake in our community. But our one thing I love about our workforce program at the Defiance Dream Center is we're not just teaching somebody a skilled trade. We're doing that, we wanna do that, but we're also coming alongside and helping them discover their purpose. And how many of us know where's our purpose found? It's in Christ and Christ alone, right? And so we're helping these students discover their purpose, and then we're also coming alongside them and helping them develop a life plan, setting goals. Where are they gonna be at in three years? Where are they gonna be at in five years? Most of them, 99.999% of them, have never even thought beyond tomorrow, let alone a year or two years. So we come up and develop this life plan with them and set goals and how are they going to get there to set our students up to succeed. And God is blessing it. He's continuing to open more and more doors. In fact, this year, God is giving us even a greater partnership in our, our high schools, in our middle schools, uh, in the college God is opening doors for a greater kingdom impact. And so, so honored to, to be a part of that in our Defiance Dream Center team and leadership and all that they do to make a difference in our community locally. Amen. Just getting started there. And then internationally, did you know for the, the past 10 years we've given to ARC ARC, the Association of Related Churches, which is a church planning organization that, that helped us plant Experience Church. After they helped us plant, we sow back into them and have for the past 10 years to help other churches get planted. And in the past 10 years, we've been a part of helping 757 new churches across this nation with nine more churches starting 
today. Nine more today. So good. Not only that is, I'm in talks with uh, partnering with an organization called Church Boom. Come on, Church Boom. What a great name. Like, um, and they, what they do is they come along churches in our nation that are struggling. Pastors that are thinking about quitting, pastors that are discouraged or depressed. How many know it's, it's really cool to plant new churches? But what about the churches that are, that are struggling? What about the pastors who are thinking about quitting? Well, what about those churches? And so we want to be a part of both, starting new churches, but coming alongside existing churches. In fact, just this weekend, I've been coaching a pastor who's just, he's thinking about, he's just discouraged and just thinking about quitting. And I've been able to, to pour into him and just come alongside him. And so we sow into other churches. Come on, the Big C Church. And so that's just a couple things inter, uh, nationally we do. And then internationally, what we do is, is something you need to know is the first part of our giving goes back to Israel. That we sow into Israel. We feel like we're mandated by, by heaven to do that. And so we sow back into Israel. And we partner with 60 um, local ministries in the country of Israel. Uh, and then obviously God has really laid on our hearts the country of Belize. And, and not just the country, the people. Yeah. Come on, somebody. The people. And... And he's connected us with, with Pastor Derek and, and his wife, Valentine Pitts, and just it's a partnership. It's, it, it's, it's, not just, it's not just a ministry to ministry. It's God's called us to do life together. And so we take missions trips. We sponsor children. Uh, we've been helped build, fund, and support three children development centers and two medical clinics. And, and, and it's just incredible what God is doing. I would encourage you to next missions trip. Derek, he'll sign you up today. He'll take you back Wednesday. When he flies back, he'll take you back with him. It's going to be incredible. But can we, just, can we just give God some praise for all that he has done the past 10 years through his church? It reminds me of Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can all ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So can we just take a moment and pray and thank God for what he has done? Father, we thank you. We're grateful for what we get to be a part of. We understand that this, this isn't because of us, it's because of you. That this church isn't built on us, it's built on Jesus. That is your love, it's your compassion, it's your power, it's your presence, it's your truth, it's your grace that you've, that you've, you've done the heavy lifting, God. And you said that you will... Build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God, you promised to build your church. And God, your promise is being fulfilled right before our very eyes. And we get to be a part of your promise, of your word, of your church. And Jesus, we, we honor you and we celebrate what you've done, what you've allowed each and every one of us to, to be a part of. And we say, we say thank you. Thank you. And we ask that these next 10 years would be a hundredfold greater than the last 10 years. May we see more people saved, more people healed, more people delivered, more people set free, more prodigal sons and daughters brought back home. May we turn this city and Northwest Ohio upside down for your kingdom and your name by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And everybody said, 
Amen. Amen. Well, we are in this series that we started last week called Too Good to Not Believe. That because of who God is, that because of all that he has done, we have just come to the conclusion that he is just too good to not believe. I mean, I've seen too much. Anybody else? I've experienced firsthand the goodness of my God, and I just know deep down in my heart that he's too good to not believe. And as we just celebrated just some, just a couple of the things that, that God has done these past 10 years, how many of us know there's still more that God wants to do? That we're just getting started because heaven and hell are real and people are going there. And God has called us as followers of Jesus to grow heaven and shrink hell. In fact, I just want to remind us today of the mission that Jesus gave to all of us. In fact, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Our mission, make heaven full. Our mission, make heaven full. There's one mission that God has given to his church, and that is to make heaven full. And Jesus gives us this mission in Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 19. I want to show it to you. It starts off, Jesus speaking here. He says, therefore. Now, just a, a quick little Bible teaching for you. Whenever you see the, the, the word therefore in scripture, you want to make sure you go back and, and read the verses before it so that you know what it's there for. And if you go back and read just a couple of verses before uh, verse 19, you, you discover that Jesus has just rose from the dead. And he appears to his disciples and they bow down and they worship him. And he makes this statement in verse 18. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. In other words, he makes this statement like, pay attention, lean in, listen up. Parents, you ever done this with your kids? Hold, I'm talking right now. You need to lean in. You need to pay attention about what I'm about to say. Because if you don't do this, I'm going to hurt you, right? But I've never done that, but maybe you have. But, but Jesus is leaning in. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. Therefore, go. I speak not just on my own behalf. I speak with the authority of heaven. Therefore, go. Go, church, go. Go beyond these walls. Go with the grace I've given to you. Go with the forgiveness. Go with the love. Go with the life. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Give what you've been given and surely I am with you. Come on, he's with us. I'm with you. I mean, he didn't just give us this, this, this promise or this command and say, now you go do it. No, I'm going with you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, this passage of scripture is known as the Great Commission. There's a few things that we need to know about the Great Commission. The first is that God chose to use us to build his church. God didn't have to but he chose to. God chose to use us to build his church. It's the great, I mean, it's the great co-mission. It's co because it's all of us 
together with Jesus, coming together to build his church. In other words, we're all in it together. This is a co-mission. We're going to turn this world upside down until every name knows the name of Jesus, till every lost soul is found, till every sick person is healed, till every hopeless person is restored, till every tongue, tribe, and nation on earth knows the name of Jesus. We're going to change the world for Jesus. And so the question is, how, how do we make heaven full? If that's our mission, how do we make heaven full? We make Jesus known. He's the one that, that has the power to change. He has, he's the one that has the power to heal. We make Jesus known, not a church known, not us known. How I many do we make Jesus known? Well, who is Jesus? Can I just remind us today? Jesus is the king of glory. Jesus is the king of righteousness. Jesus is the king of ages. He's the king of all kings. He heals the sick. He opens blind eyes. He heals deaf ears. He strengthens the weak. He delivers those held captive. He restores the broken. He comforts the hurting. He's a shelter in our time of need. He's a light when the world seems dark. He's the prince of peace. He's the lamb of God. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the resurrection and he's the life. His goodness is indescribable. His power is incomprehensible. His grace is irresistible. And at his name, darkness trembles. At his name, demons flee. Death couldn't defeat him. The grave couldn't hold him. Jesus is the only king, and he's worthy of our hearts. He's worthy of our lives, and he's worthy of our praise. That's who we're making known. Got to tell the world about him, this Jesus. This is the mission to make heaven full by making Jesus known. It's powerful because the purpose to which we've been called is the same purpose for which Jesus came, to bring hope and life and healing into a world that is in desperate need of it. This is the greatest mission that we've ever been given. It's, it's the greatest mission and it's really the only mission that really matters. Why? Because the Bible tells us that life is but a mist it's a vapor. It's here one minute and it's gone the next. I was just talking with a, with a gentleman who's 80 years old last night and had just been through a tragic accident and, and God's hand was upon him and protected him. And it's been a journey of healing and, and getting back to where he used to be. And God just did a miraculous work in his life and really protected him. But he was talking to me last night. He's like, I'm 80 years old. I don't got a lot of time left. I want to make the rest of my years count. Why? Because life is but a mist. It's a vapor. It's, it's here one minute. It's gone the next. And how I many know the longer we live, we get little pockets of reminders, little reminders going, wow, this is, this is what really matters. Oh, wow. Life is, life goes so fast. Like Paul said in Ephesians, help me make the most of every opportunity, God that you've given to me. Don't miss the opportunity God puts in front of you. It's like, so like David prayed in the Psalms, Lord, remind me of what really matters in life. Lord, remind me to live for what matters most. How many of us know Jesus changes everything? Jesus changes everything. Like, like where there is no hope, Jesus is our hope. Like, like where there is no peace, how many know Jesus is our peace? Where there is no joy, we, we happen to find the fullness of joy in his presence. 
Whether it's sickness, I mean, Jesus is our healer. Whether it's depression, Jesus is our comfort. Whether it's confusion, Jesus is our truth. Whether it's fear, Jesus is the perfecter of our faith. Whether it's anxiety, Jesus calms the storms. Whether it's anger, man, he's the great reconciler. Whether it's sin, he's the only one who can forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. His name is Jesus. And Jesus changes everything. Acts chapter 4, verse 12 tells us like this, says, salvation is found in nobody else, in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. This is why the mission matters. This is why it's so important, because salvation isn't just for us, but also for the people around us. Like, it's not just, are you going to heaven? But it's also, who are you taking with you? Is your family going are your friends going? Are your coworkers going? Are your classmates going? Are your neighbors going? Who are you taking with you? That's why this matters so much. Like we, we have a lot to celebrate today, but we celebrate and we look forward. We celebrate and we stay on mission. We celebrate and we keep our head down and our hand to the plow. We celebrate and we share Jesus with people who desperately need him. And so the question, I just, I think it's important for us to ask ourselves, even on our 10-year anniversary, is simply this. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. And that is, are we failing the mission or are we fulfilling the mission? Are we failing the mission or are we fulfilling the mission? How many know it's a, it's a little bit of a heavy question, but, but if Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, therefore, here's the mission then I think, I think it's good for us to take a step back and just assess, how are we doing? Come on, church, how are we doing, right? In business, we assess, how are we doing? Sports teams assess at halftime, how are we doing? I think the church just needs to ask, how are we doing, guys? We're living out the mission that God has given to us. How many of the two main things that God has given to us as followers of Jesus is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to go live on mission, the, the great commission, to go win the lost. And so I just want to real, real briefly give us, a couple, give us a couple ways we can fail the mission. And I just want to give us a couple ways we can fulfill the mission. So if you're taking us, the, the first way we can fail the mission is, number one, we fail the mission when we get more joy out of winning an argument than we do out of winning a soul. I think this is a message for the church because if we're not careful, we can be so focused on what we're against that we forget what we're for. I mean, the last couple of years, I feel like the church has been so against this and so against that. And don't get me wrong, we stand on truth. The Bible is the word of God, man. It, it leads us, it guides us. Yes, absolutely. But if we're not careful, we get so focused on what we're against that we've forgotten. Church, we've forgotten. It's about souls. It's about lies. We've forgotten what we're for. We fail the mission when we, we care more about the point we're trying to make than the person we're making it to. Yeah. How many know God's not called us to be right? He's called us to be effective. Amen. If we win an argument but we lose a soul, how many know we lost? Yeah. We didn't win. If we win an argument but we push that person farther away from Jesus, we're, we're going the wrong way. Yeah. We're actually losing when we think we're winning, church. First John chapter 4, verse 19 says, We love why? Because we've been loved. Because he loved us. 
I love this short little passage of scripture that just kind of jolts us back to reality. Wait, wait a minute. Let me not forget where I came from. Let, let, let me not forget of when I was in my time of need. Let, let me not forget where God brought me. Let me not get so holy and so righteous that I forgot that there was a day when I was a sinner in need of grace. Wait a minute, that was yesterday. Oh, that's today, right? Let me never forget where I came from. How I many know freely we have received, so what? Freely we give. God, I remember, anybody remember when love came down and rescued your soul? When it became more than just a story, it became personal, and God's, God's love became real. I'll never forget the day that, that I encountered, like, I, I went to church, I went through the motions of church, and then I ran from the church, and I'll never forget the, day, the days I was back in church, just kind of going through the motions and knowing God was real. But I'll never forget the day I met Jesus. It became more than a story. I remember running around to other guys going, he's real. And they looked at me like I was a weirdo. Like, yeah, I know. No, no, you don't know. He's real. I'm telling you, like, God's real. He say, I felt his presence. God's real. And they're like, dude, just chill out. We know, right? <laughs> remember that day when the way the world was lifted from your shoulders? When you encounter his forgiveness and his love, I pray that we live from that, out of that place. We would love the world around us. The second way we can fail the mission, if you're taking notes, write this down. That is, we fail the mission when we think the church only exists for church people. This is important for us to understand because I'm just, you just got to understand, like, I'm going to constantly challenge all of us to, be, to go beyond these walls and share our faith. I'm going to challenge us to be generous I'm gonna challenge us to serve and to live on mission. And I'm not gonna apologize for it because it's what God's called us to do. I was talking with our, our dream team last night as we celebrated just honored their service. And I was thanking them, but at the same time, I just was reminding them, it's a privilege to serve God. It's a privilege to come early and invest in the next generation. It's a privilege to love on those kids. It's a privilege to run a camera. Because when God changes a life and we see the impact of it, whew, come on, that's, that brings purpose and meaning and victory and hope into our lives, right? It's a privilege to be used by him. And so I'm going to be constantly challenging us. That's why we talk about Connect Track almost every single week. Right? Because that's how we jump on the team. That's how we serve. That's how we lock arms together. Why? Because we're living on mission. Not just so you can go serving kids or, or stand at a door. You're not just standing at a door. You're living on mission. Not just running to camp. We're living on mission. No one right? Who knows who's watching this right now? Who knows who's, maybe it's that mom whose daughter was incarcerated and she's lost hope because her, her, her daughter's incarcerated going through all kinds of issues, but she's found a church and she's watching online right now and she's being encouraged in her face. How many of you, you're living on mission running that camera? Purpose, meaning. So I'm always gonna be reminding us that it's not a spectator sport, that Jesus is calling every single one of us out of the stands and into the game to participate in this co-mission. That we would understand that the church doesn't exist for us. I mean, we are the church and we exist for those who aren't here yet. Luke chapter five, verse 31 and 32. Jesus answered them and said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. 
I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And so the question is, how can we fulfill the mission that Jesus has given to us? How do we fulfill this co-mission to make heaven full, to, to make Jesus known? Because I think we don't fail when we follow. When we don't fail, we don't fail the mission when we follow Jesus, right? Because when we follow Jesus, we do what he did and we care about what he cares about. And he actually even tells us and reminds us and in one chapter of the Bible, Jesus tells three different stories about the same thing to remind us what he truly cares about. It's found in Luke chapter 15. Let's take a look at verse four today. Jesus speaking, he says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and, and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and, and goes home. And then he calls all his friends and neighbors together and says, man, rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. Why am I telling you this story? Verse seven, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need to repent. Jesus is reminding the church what he truly cares about. And if he cares about it, how many of us know we need to care about it? And so the first way that we can fulfill this co-mission, if you're taking notes, number one, we fulfill the mission when we participate with Jesus to seek and save the lost. We have eyes. When we go to a baseball game and we're talking to other parents, but we're looking not at just can their kid throw the ball or we're gonna complain about the umpire, but we're thinking, what's their spiritual condition? Can I speak a word? Can I encourage them? Can I invite them to church? Can I pray for them? Well, how can I be used by God to make a difference in their life? How can I make Jesus known? How can I make heaven full? How can I be Jesus to this person and encourage? I'm, I got spiritual eyes on, right? This is the great commission that every follower of Jesus is called to, to participate with Jesus, to seek and save the lost, to tell the world about a God who heals, about a God who saves, about a God who forgives, about a God who sets free. Jesus goes on to tell another story in that same chapter, Luke chapter 15, verse 8 through 10. It says, or suppose a, a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I, I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. I think it's important to point out that the big difference between these two stories is how many of the sheep that wandered off knew that it was lost. It's looking around, where's my 99 brothers and sisters? Where's that one guy with the stick, right? I'm lost, I don't know where I'm at. But the difference is, I mean, the coin didn't know it's lost. The coin's just lost. I know there's people in our world today, there's people who know they're lost, and there's people who have no idea because they've never tasted and seen that the Lord is good, and we're called in this co-mission to make heaven full by making Jesus known. Let me show you who Jesus is. And then, then Jesus goes on to tell this third story about a man who had two sons. And one son decides to be lost because he wanted to be lost. He had a good home, he had a good family, he had a good upbringing, 
He had a good start to life, but he decides that he wants to go and experience all that the world had to offer him. And so he leaves and he tries to find fulfillment in things that will never actually satisfy. And this son finds himself at the bottom of rock bottom where he realizes that he would be better off as a servant in his father's house than living the way that he was living. And so this son decides to, to, to go back home and he comes up with this plan to try and convince his dad to just, just let him be a servant because he knows he's no longer worthy to be called a son after all the things that he has done. But what the son experienced was so much different than, than what he thought. Take a look, Luke chapter 15, verse 20. It says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. I mean, that's, the, that's describing the heart of the father. And that's reminding us what the heart of the church should be. Filled with compassion for him, he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. It's, it's important to point out that his father didn't allow his son to, to take that long walk of shame back home. He didn't just stay on the front porch waiting for his son to get there with his arms folded, saying, I told you so, son. I tried to warn you. Why didn't you listen to me? No, instead he ran to his son. If you're taking notes, the second thing that we can do to fulfill the mission is we fulfill the mission when we welcome home with open arms the lost, the hurting, the broken, the wayward. I was talking to a guy last night at our dream team party and I didn't hear, I've, I, I've never knew this part of the story. He's been coming to Experience Church for a couple of years now and I thought I met him on his first Sunday, but he told me last night that I actually met him on like his fourth or fifth Sunday. And he was hurting and, and broken and just going through all kinds of things, used to walk with God, but had fallen away and maybe a little bit like the prodigal son. And I remember just praying for him and encouraging him and he, he jumped in. God's done a huge work in his life. I mean, he's rededicated his life. He got baptized. He serves on our dream team. I mean, he is radically different than he was two years ago. But he told me his first Sunday, I never got a chance to meet him pulled up on his, his Harley, and he goes, I tried to look as rough as I possibly could. My tat's showing, and I came in looking as rough as I possibly could because I've been hurt, I've been wounded. And I, 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 I just, I didn't wanna go to a church that couldn't accept me for where I was at, so I, I pulled in looking as rough as I could. I came in, I was angry, I wasn't nice to anybody, and I, he goes, I'll never forget walking through these doors. And people just loved me. People welcomed me. People accepted me. Because I came in, I just sat in the back. Right before service was over, I ran out. But then I decided to come back the next week. And the next week. And the next week. Come on, that's, that's the church God's called us to be. A church that welcomes home with open arms. The lost, the hurting, the broken the wayward. I was reminded of Scott's story. 
Scott wrote his testimony out. He said, before coming to Experience Church, I was lost, feeling no purpose. I had, had been attending the church for just a short time when the fall semester small groups were starting and my girlfriend at the time encouraged me to sign up for a freedom group. During the second week, that small group literally changed my life forever. It began a healing process that I could only dream of. I, will, I was able to share a traumatic military experience that I had suppressed for almost 30 years. Saying it out loud caught the group by surprise, but it also created a response of pure love, of prayer, prayerful concern, and of new friendships. It allowed me to begin dealing with the event from a different perspective and allowed me to finally forgive myself. He went on to say, I also realized that I am loved by many, especially my heavenly father. He goes, I later married that girl. Come on, somebody. Listen, if you find a girl that takes you to a small group and you get healing after 30 years, you better just do everything you can to marry her. Well played, Scott. He goes, and we honor, are honored to serve in God's house on the dream team. We have found a home here and recommend the X to all we share Jesus with. Thank you, church, for your outward reaching heart. My life is forever changed because of it. Come on. So good. This is the church God's called us to be. We're called to be a a group of people that welcomes prodigal sons and daughters back home because the truth is all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, me too, me too. We all need God's grace. We all need God's forgiveness. And as followers of Jesus, we wanna welcome home others with open arms because God welcomed us home with open arms. Amen. Would you pray with me today? Father, we love you. Thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for a love that never fails. Thank you for what you've done these past 10 years. But more importantly, thank you for what your son did on a cross over 2,000 years ago. Thank you for the sacrifice of our king. Thank you for redemption. Thank you for restoration. Thank you for new beginnings. Thank you for a hope that doesn't disappoint. That's who you are. You're a God who stands beside us, who believes in us, who never leaves us nor forsakes us. You're faithful. That is who you are. And we celebrate and we are grateful for that today. And as we're praying together with every head bowed, every eye closed, wherever you're at, if you're watching online, maybe you would say, I'm that prodigal son. I'm that prodigal daughter. I've I used to walk with God at one point in time, but I ran, I chased the things of this, this world and I'm ready to come back home. Maybe you were like me, you've heard this story, but you've never encountered the Savior. The Bible tells us that if we believe in our hearts, if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, and he gives us a life we never thought possible. He makes us a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. He forgives us and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness on the inside of who we are. If you need to make that decision today, wherever you're at, with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just lift your hand to heaven? Here I am, God. I need you. Here's my heart, what you've always wanted. And 
right where you're at, would you just pray this prayer with me? Say, God, thank you for your love. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to pay the price for my sin on the cross. Thank you for how you believe in me. Thank you for how you love me. Thank you for how you've stood beside me. Thank you for how you've pursued me. Here's my heart, God. I want to know you. I want to know you, God. Forgive me of my sin. Fill me with your spirit. Show me how to live. My life is yours. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise simply for who he is. So good.
Thanks for joining us. We here at Experience Church love you and are praying for you. Until next time, remember that Jesus is our hope.